Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. Hey, Transformers. Welcome, everyone. So honored that you're with us. Hey, we're in the final episode of our series called The Grudge. And so we started off the series talking about the little offenses that sometimes take us out of the way and distract us. Then we talked about forgiving other people because God forgave us, you know. And so forgiveness is giving others what God gave us. And last week, we talked about forgiving God. Sometimes we hold a grudge against God for some of the slights or misinterpretations of how we see God moving in our life as compared to how God is moving in someone else's life. And today we're talking about the tough question, sometimes probably the most difficult thing to forgive or difficult person to forgive, and that is ourselves. Sometimes we can forgive other people easily, we can let other things slide But when it comes to ourselves, we often hold a grudge against ourselves. Because, you know, you know what you did. You know what you thought about. You know how you hurt someone and the repercussions for that and and the feelings that came associated with that. And sometimes that leaves us deeply ashamed, deeply regretful of what we did. And, And sometimes what we didn't do to someone, we could have but didn't do. And sometimes we just can't let that go, it becomes such a burden to us because we carry it along with us as we go through life. You know, this thing becomes a monkey on our back. And sometimes we did things like maybe you drank too much at one time and you said something to your loved one or did something to your loved one that you deeply regret and now you can't take it back and you're carrying that with you. And sometimes in a desperate situation, we made a decision that we regret and hurt someone else or caused pain to someone else. And now we are struggling with that feeling of, of guilt and shame. You know, sometimes we worked really hard and we had really good intentions. We worked hard to provide for our family because we loved our family. But you know what happened? We actually ended up neglecting our family because we focused all our time on our work. And now we have kids or husbands and wives that we don't have a genuine relationship with because we haven't invested in that. And we are regretful and we can't forgive ourselves for that. Thinking about all the years that we actually lost. And sometimes maybe, you know, you were bored in your marriage and that joy that you had at the beginning of your marriage that you thought will last, it didn't last. And that ended up you betraying your marriage vows and and doing something that you regret and that caused a lot of hurt and pain in your family and it might have ended up in divorce and heartache and now you regret that and you blame yourself and you think that if I just made a different decision you carry that burden with you and you can't forgive yourself you know and most of us as Christ followers we love God but sometimes we struggle with addictions addictions that hold us down and, and confine us and keep us away from enjoying the joyful blessing of the Lord. And yes, we do love God with all of our heart, but sometimes we have all of these secret addictions that weigh us down and we can't forgive ourselves because we can't face ourselves in that situation. Did you do something in your life that caused you to have regret or shame or do things that you sometimes are so ashamed of, you don't even want to talk about it. The guilt of that decision or that act just 
won't go away. And you've tried, you know, you've tried to move past it, but it feels like you just can't move ahead. This is just weighing you down. And so let me start by saying this. Not all guilt is equal. Sometimes we take on guilt that is not necessarily there for us to bear because we blame ourselves for situations that might be totally out of our control. And that's a guilt that we carry that we don't necessarily have to carry, but we've put on ourselves. We're carrying something that might not necessarily have been our fault, but we've taken responsibility for it. And it's been something there that has been there for a long time and you just can't move past that error. You know, your parents might have divorced when you were young and somehow you feel as a child that it's your fault, that you did something to cause your parents to separate. You didn't do anything. It was their conflict, but somehow you've taken on that guilt. You know, one of the worst things to feel guilty about is being taken advantage of. Some people have been abused emotionally, have abused sexually, and somehow they blame themselves. They, they're the victim but they think it's their fault. And that's guilt that they should not carry because it's not their fault. They didn't do that to themselves and somehow they've taken on that guilt. You know, let me tell you one of the major regrets that I have that sometimes, or most times, for a while I carry this guilt with me. And a friend of mine, you know, we were good friends. They used to come to the church and then they moved on, but we're still in contact. And I remember giving him a call one Friday evening just before we went into our worship service. We used to have something called intimate prayer and worship. And so I remember giving him a call and leaving him a message because I didn't get him. And I said, how are you? Hope things are going well with you and your family and things are actually going well in your life. And so then I went into the service. It lasted a couple of hours. And when I came out of it, it was really late. It was about 11 o'clock, 11.30. And I saw that I had a missed call from him. But he left me a message and I listened to the message. It was a great message. He said, you know, thank you for calling. Thank you for checking up on us. We're doing great. The family is doing well. And, you know, everything seems to be great in our life. And I thought, that's awesome. I don't want to call him back now. It's a bit too late. Probably I'll give him a call tomorrow or the next day. I was glad to hear that things were going well. Well, the next day, tragedy struck because I got a call from his wife about 10 o'clock in the morning saying that he actually took his life. They found him hanging in the garage. And it was one of the most hurtful things I'd heard. And shame and guilt just overwhelmed me because I thought maybe if I just called him back, Maybe if I, you know, made a different attempt, I know maybe it was late and there's all these thoughts. Maybe if I did this and maybe if I did that and maybe if I I got to him and maybe he is reaching out to talk to me and I was not able to answer the call. And I had this guilt that came upon me and it weighed me down for a number of years. And I wrestled with it with God in prayer, wrestled with it because I had, you know, somehow took on this responsibility that was my fault. If I had just intervened, if I had done something maybe that wouldn't have happened. And God had to work this through into my life. He had to work it out and speak to me and encourage me. And every time he reminded me of his forgiveness and that it wasn't my fault, I would run back and take on that burden and put it back on myself. And God tried to move me away from it and tell me that it's not my fault. That's nothing that you could have done. This decision was made by him. He made that decision and it was his responsibility. But somehow I kept running back and putting that responsibility on myself. You know, when we feel ashamed, we want to run away from the issue. 
We don't want to deal with it. We want to run away from the embarrassment. We want to run away from the pain that it causes. And sometimes we don't want to even think about the issue because when we think about it, it brings a lot of pain and shame in our life. And so we want to just put it out of our mind. And the best thing that we can do is we think that if we just run away and not think about it, not deal with it, it's just going to make it okay. And sometimes we even run away from God because we think, how can we face God? How can we look at him? How can we talk to him? You know, I can't forgive myself. How is God going to forgive me? Is he angry at me? Is he mad at me for what I did or didn't do? If I can't forgive me, how is God going to forgive me? All of these things push us away and move us in a direction. And the last place we actually want to go is to God. We want to run away from him. We want to run away from that situation. However, on the converse side of that, this sometimes could be a place that actually initiates us to move into God and lean into God. And actually, sometimes this pain, if we allow it, if we choose the right thing to do, can help us move deeper into God and help us come to a true understanding of what real forgiveness is. Let me tell you about a man named Paul. For those of you who know Paul, he was this great apostle. And for those of you who don't know, he was a man who just loved the Lord, but he did not like Christians. He thought Christians were corrupting God's word and God's instructions. And so he absolutely hated Christians when he began his journey. You know, he was one of the Pharisees, which means that he was one of the upper echelon of the Jewish religion at that time. And he got a letter to God and persecute every Christ follower. And he, got, he gathered them and he, he put them in prison and he separated families and he separated fathers from, from you know, children and mothers from children. And he put them in jail and executed them. And he absolutely hated this because he really believed in God. And he thought these people were the worst kind of people because they were just diluting everything that God intended. And then he had this amazing encounter with Jesus Christ. You know, he had this amazing experience where Jesus actually spoke to him and said, Paul, why are you persecuting me? And Paul's like, what do you mean? He goes, well, you're picking on my people and therefore you're picking on me. And so Paul had this dramatic turnaround in his life and he came to the realization that he was actually picking on and persecuting and killing people that love the Lord and the Lord loved. I can imagine the shame he would have felt, the agony that he would have felt, because he did really love the Lord, and he must have gone through tremendous pain because he realized he'd been doing the wrong thing out of lack of knowledge. And he writes this amazing thing. So it's out of this place of, of pain that he comes to the realization, hey, I could have run away from God. I could have been embarrassed. I could have just walked in the other direction. I could have realized how, how I messed up in my life. And he writes to these people, he writes to these Christ followers eventually, and he says this amazing thing in the book of 2 Corinthians. And he says this, Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. And so he says there is a huge difference between shame and conviction. 
Sometimes, you know, we feel a whole amount of shame and that leads us away from God. But when we get to this place that we are convicted in this place of guilt, that leads us to God. Godly sorrow brings repentance, he says. I've been in that place, Paul says. I've been at the place where I've been, you know, sorry for what I've done. And I've realized that if I'm at a place where I feel sorry, godly sorrow, then that's going to lead me towards God. That's called conviction. But shame leads us away. And they might both start in the same place. They might feel like the same thing, but they actually lead in opposite direction. Shame leads us away from God, while conviction leads us into God's presence. You know, when we feel convicted, you come to the realization, I did wrong. You know, I must have done something that is incorrect. And that's a helpful feeling because it takes us off the wrong path. It takes us off the path where we are led to destruction. It takes us off the path where it leads to hurt. And it actually puts us on the right path that leads straight to God where we can begin to change our behavior. We can apologize for the error that we've done. We can heal the hurt that we've caused and been done to us, the internal pain that we regret, the hurt that we've caused. And all of that leads us to freedom and liberty in the presence of God. Another great apostle, you might know him, Peter, you know, he was like the right-hand man of Jesus. Jesus actually said, Peter, you are the rock. You know, I'm going to build the future Christ falls on you. And Peter had these amazing qualities. He was a stand-up guy. He was outspoken. He said he would stand for Jesus no matter what. That he would always be in Jesus' corner. He was Jesus' backup. You know, he said, I'm going to back you up, Jesus. It doesn't matter who walks away from you. I'm going to be there because I love you. And he went around and bragged about how he was going to be the strong follower of Jesus. But then Jesus was arrested. And instead of following through with what he said he was going to do, Peter actually cowered in a corner. He disassociated himself from Jesus. And there's people in the crowd when Jesus was on trial that pointed out to him and said, aren't you Peter? Aren't you Galilean? Aren't you the one who was with Jesus? We know you. We recognize you. You were a follower of Jesus. And a number of times people recognize him. And this is what Luke tells us in his message. He says this in, in 22 verse 59. About an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this fellow was with him, for he is Galilean. Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. And this is the most amazing and also the weighty part. The Lord turned and looked at Peter. Jesus looked at him and they, they eyes locked across the courtyard and Jesus looked in Peter's face and Peter looked at the Lord and he remembered. And it says that then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And Peter was overwhelmed with guilt and shame. And verse 42 says, and then he went outside and wept bitterly because he realized what he had said and realized that he had actually betrayed the one that he said he loved. Can you relate to this? 
Maybe there's someone in your life that you've said that you'd be with and it turned out that you weren't. Maybe you believe, I can't believe that I did that. Why did I say that? Why did I do that? Why did I I do that to the person that I love? Why did I, I say things to the person that I really care about? Why did I go down that path? I didn't do the right thing. I should have been there. I should have stood up. I should have been the backbone. I should have been the one that would stand. And yet, I cowered and fell apart. I'm never going to get past this. I feel so guilty. I feel so ashamed. And that's what Peter was. He felt shame. See, shame confines us and locks us into the spiral of depression and self-loathing. Guilt says, I did something bad. But shame takes it further and says, I am bad. Shame connects your actions to your identity. It forces you to think that that's who you are. When shame overwhelms you, when shame consumes you, it says you are a bad person. You should not deserve forgiveness. You deserve punishment. You get what you deserve. And what you feel, what you're experiencing is what you deserve. You are pathetic. You are worthless. You are hopeless. You're a failure. That's what shame speaks. God will never bless you now. God will never love you now. Because look at what you did. You're never going to be happy in your life because you've caused all of this pain. You're never going to have a good marriage. You'll never have a good friendship. You'll never have people that care about you and love you. You'll never make a difference because you are just worth less. Your pain is punishment for what you did. Your pain is punishment for your past. Shame is a burden you're going to have to bear for the rest of your life. That's what shame does. Peter, if you can imagine, must have had a lot of internal dialogue, just like we do when we do something wrong. You know, he must have been thinking all of these thoughts of regret and shame. What did I do? What did I do to Jesus? Why did I walk away? Why did I cow? Why did I deny him? You blew it, Peter. Jesus trusted you. Jesus was there for you, yet you let him down. Jesus looked at you and he saw you. That look would have left Peter shriveled in shame. Now all the disciples know it because it was in front of everyone that Peter said it. And now he's running away. His life is over. He's completely you know, ostracized. He feels completely ashamed in front of everyone. See, shame wants to drive you away from God. And that's what Peter did. He ran away. He carried that guilt. He carried that shame with him. And he just went away. And we can identify with that again, can't we? Because sometimes we just want to escape the situation. We don't want to be in the presence of the person that we've wronged or hurt. And we carry all of this guilt, shame, regret, the pain, the heartache, and the what-ifs. What if I did this? And what if I didn't walk away? And what if I could have said something? And what if I stood up? And what if I never let that person down? And Peter just spiraled out of control. He retreated back to what he used to know. Instead of what he, Jesus called him to be a fisher of men, he went back to fishing because that's what he thought he was. You know, 
that's who I am. I'm worthless. I might as well go back and do what I used to do because I'm not qualified enough now to be what Jesus called me to be. And it's in the state of decay. It's in the state where he feels completely alone and he doesn't even want to think about what he did, that Jesus comes to him. You see, this is the love of the Savior. This is the love of Jesus for you and for me. When we are down, when we are out, when we did wrong to someone else, when we even did wrong to him, Jesus still comes towards us. When we've said something we should not have said, when we've done something we should not have done, when we've gone somewhere we should not have gone, Jesus does not leave us in the state we find ourselves in, even by our own invention and our own mistakes. He does not leave us there. He comes towards us. God does not abandon us and leave us in a state of disrepair. He comes towards us. He finds us in our wretched state and he restores us and brings us back to the place of good standing. And that's what Jesus did to Peter. John, in chapter 21 of his epistle, says, Jesus appeared to Peter by the lake and and Peter just jumped in the water and ran back to Jesus because he realized that Jesus came to him first. And so Jesus says, do not dwell on your past, Peter. I know you betrayed me. I know you walked away from me. I know you let me down, even though you said you would not do it. But don't let your mistakes, don't let your sin plunge you into a place of desperation depression and self-loathing. Don't drown yourself in guilt. Here's the thing, because you are forgiven. And he says, feed my sheep. In essence, he's saying, do you still love me? Then do my will. And my will is to share my love and my forgiveness with many others. You don't have to carry the burden of shame anymore, Peter. You don't have to carry the burden of this weight anymore. Put it down because you are forgiven. And the reason you can understand you're forgiven is because of the cross. Let me tell you a story that illustrates this in a wonderful way. There was a man who was walking down a long, lonely road. And he was carrying this heavy burden of goods on his back. And this was a road less traveled, so there was not much things on it. He had a long way to go back to his village. And so he plodded along this long, lonely road. A little while later, a man on a cart was passing by him on the way to the same village. And as he caught up to him, he said, Hey, where are you going? And he said, I'm walking down to this village a little while ago. And he said, Well, I'm heading in the same direction. Why don't you hop onto the cart with me? Because that's where we're going. I can give you a a left or a ride there. And the man was so appreciative. He said, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. This burden is heavy. I've been carrying it for a long time. I'm exhausted. My legs hurt. My knees are wobbly. And I'm so thankful you came along. I'm just going to jump on the back of your cart because I appreciate it so much. The man jumped on the back of the cart and they began that journey down to the village. And after a little while, the man on the cart noticed that His passenger was still sitting on the cart, but he had not taken the burden off his shoulders and put it onto the cart. He was still carrying it. And so this didn't make much sense to the driver. And he said to him, hey, why are you still carrying that heavy burden 
on your back. Why don't you put it on the cart? And the man replied, you know what? You were so good. You were so gracious. You stopped by and you were considerate of me. And I didn't want to put this extra burden on you. So instead of putting that burden on your cart, I'm still going to carry it on me. Now that might seem like a silly story because here he was on the cart. The burden was on him. The cart's still carrying the burden. But sometimes we have the same mentality. Because here Jesus comes to us and tells us, you are forgiven. And my cross shows you that. Because I took your burdens, I took your sins, and I put it on myself, and I carried it to the cross, and therefore you are forgiven. But sometimes we come to him and say, Jesus, I have this burden, but I'm still going to carry it. I know you forgave me. I know you worked this out. I know you're forgiven, but I'm still going to carry this burden on me. I still love you. I still appreciate what you did, but I'm carrying this for myself because I don't want to put it on you. And it's just as ridiculous because Jesus has said, you are forgiven. And we think, I can't ask Jesus to do that. I can't receive that. I can't receive forgiveness from him. Your grace is not sufficient. I'm not able to receive it because how can you forgive me when I can't forgive myself? What are you carrying that you do not have to? What are you putting on yourself and weighing yourself down when you don't necessarily have to do that. Look at what John says. He says this, If we confess our sins, he, being God, is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Maybe we've had lustful thoughts or done lustful things. Maybe we've lied or lied to someone, or lied to ourselves. Maybe we've been deceitful in our actions, in our communications. Maybe we've cheated on our loved one and let someone down. Maybe we've been neglectful to those that are closest to us. Maybe we've made bad decisions that have let other people down and caused hurt and pain. Maybe we've blurted out words that have been so harmful that they've destroyed relationships. And we are carrying the regret and shame of that. Let me remind you, you can't change your past, but God can change your future. God desires to transform your future if you just let it go. If you allow God's forgiveness to come into your heart and into your mind and you say, God, I don't have to carry this weight of shame anymore. I don't have to carry this burden anymore. I'm just going to let it go because here's the truth. You are forgiven and you are loved. Let it go because God has forgiven you, and he desires that you forgive yourself. You know, you can look at Peter's transformation after he receives Jesus' forgiveness. It was on the day of Pentecost, 50 days later, after the crucifixion, the resurrection, where Peter stands up as this powerful figure of grace and forgiveness. He stands up because he's been embraced again by Jesus. He stands up because he's been forgiven by Jesus. And he speaks powerfully and wonderfully and with great insight and passion about who Jesus is, talking and displaying Jesus' forgiveness in his own life. And he points so many others to Jesus and Thousands of them come to 
understand and follow Jesus that day because Peter received forgiveness and he forgave himself. Peter was not chosen because he was faithful, but because he was forgiven. Peter didn't stand up because he professed that he had followed Jesus through everything. He stood up because he was forgiven. And my story and your story is a story of God's forgiveness in our life. So let's forgive ourselves. Let's let it go. The past is what I did, not who I am. I am a child of God. I am forgiven. I am loved. And maybe you've had a bad chapter in your story. Maybe your paragraph of today has been bad, but your story isn't finished. Your book is not completed. God is still writing your story to completion. And this is the story. This is the chapter where you forgive yourself because God has forgiven you. Again, listen to the wonderful words that Paul says in Philemon. He says this, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. You are immensely loved and immensely forgiven. You are wonderfully created and God's love and forgiveness is all over you. Forgive yourself and let it go. This isn't a Disney story where we can sing let it go, but it's a reality of who God is to us. He has forgiven us and therefore we can let it go. Now, before we close the series, I want to leave something with you that you can carry into the week ahead of you. So I'm going to ask you to do this. I'm going to give you some homework as well. You know, in this week, take 10 minutes out of your day, out of your time, wherever it is in the week, take 10 minutes out and begin to read Hebrews chapter 10, verses 17 to 23. Hebrews 10, verses 17 to 23. And I want you to ask yourself, Two questions. So if you're taking notes, write it down. If you're not taking notes right now, put it in your phone. Hebrews 10, 17 to 23. Put a reminder on it because these are two questions you need to ask yourself after reading these verses this week. Number one, what am I holding on to that I need to let go of? What am I holding on to that I need to let go of? And number two, what has God done for me? As you read those verses... Let those two questions come into your spirit. Pray and let God lead you because you are forgiven and you are loved. Now let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God Almighty, Father, we just want to thank you, bless you, honor you and worship you. We're so grateful that you forgive us. We're so grateful that in spite of all of the failures and all of the missteps and mistakes and regrets and shame, you still come near to us. You still forgive us. And so therefore we can forgive ourselves. Sometimes we carry burdens and guilt and shame we don't necessarily have to carry, but we put it on ourselves. But yet you've forgiven us 
and your wonderful cross displays your forgiveness and the work of forgiveness completed in you. And so in the same way, Father, help us forgive ourselves as we've forgiven others as well. Sometimes we struggle with letting it go. But today, in the name of Jesus, all of those watching, all of those listening, wherever you're listening from, whenever you're listening from, let us learn to forgive ourselves and let it go because we are immensely loved and wonderfully forgiven. We thank you right now. We honor you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.